faith and life. For some people, they're parallel roads. They never come into contact with each other. One never influences the other. Yet for some other people, faith and life are more like intersecting roads. Often they're running opposite each other, but where they do intersect, wonderful God moments can be experienced. But yet for just a few, the two roads merge into one, and the results are truly a highway to heaven. What does the road of faith and life look like in your world? We're concluding our Not Ashamed message series this morning, and over the last uh, three weeks or so, or two weeks before today, uh, week number one, we talked about that Jesus, before ascending into heaven, um, encouraged his disciples, in fact, commanded them, you're to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we talked about how that's still the case. I mean, not Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. For us, we talked about how, you know, that's, you know, Fort Worth and, and Texas and United States and the ends of the earth. But, but it's also kind of fulfilled in a slightly different way because through social media, we can uh, take the message of Christ uh, to the world without really leaving our, our homes. And so um, I encourage you to do that. And I said one really easy way uh, to get the message of Christ out there is uh, uh, like through Google reviews. And, and I encourage uh, everyone that was here that day and listening, hey, why, why don't you just do a Google review on Light of the World um, saying why it is that you like uh, the ministry and so forth. And, and let's put the word out there, and I put the goal that there would be 100, and, 100 Google reviews that we would have as a result of it, and as of last night, so I did one last night, uh, we're now up to 104, so thank you for that just very easy way of, uh, of saying what Light of the World's about and what our ministry is about as uh, we seek to uh, get the message of Christ to the community around us. You know, last week I said, if we're going to not be ashamed to share the message, that there's a few things that we've got to know. Uh, we have to know God and talk quite a bit on who God is. I, I talked about you have to know the gospel, and then I said you have to know your story. And I shared my story last week, and, and I hope you've been thinking about your story. I hope that uh, you even had opportunity maybe to share your story with someone this week. So as we're concluding the series this morning, for week number three, what I wanted to have as a topic is this. Let's give them something to talk about. Uh, now, what I love about this is, honestly, we don't have to give them something to talk about because God has already given us uh, something to talk about. Um, our lives, they're gifts from God, and, and that's a way in which we can proclaim God and, and how God's you know, glory is working in our lives that's tied with our story. I love when you ask someone, hey, how you doing and how you been? Uh, some people will say, you know what, God, God's been good. God's, you know, really been uh, blessing me, um, you know, and, and everything is through recognizing the blessings that God's given them. Now, are you that way? Or when someone asks you, how are you doing? Are you like, well, you know, kind of been feeling under the weather. Uh, my pickup hasn't been working right. Uh, the dog died. I mean, are, are, are you always kind of like focused on what's not going well in your life? Or do you recognize that your, God, your, your life is a gift from God and, and that when someone ask you how you're doing, uh, you celebrate God in, in, in the life that he's given you. You know, another way in which uh, God gives us something to talk about is this world in which he gives us to live. Now, 
If you've ever been to the, to the West Coast and just looked out at the beauty of, of the, the Pacific and the jagged rocks that you know, kind of uh, stick out as you look out across that open ocean, if you've ever looked at the beauty of the Great Lakes, if you've ever looked at the Grand Canyon, uh, the Painted Desert, Niagara Falls, you know, whatever, and, and Mount Everest, I guess, if you've had opportunity to do that, but all these wonders that God has given us in this world, do you, do you look at that and think, wow, that, that, that's just amazing. I, I wonder, you know, uh, how that happened, or, or, or do you sit there and think, wow, what an amazing God that, that he gives us such a beautiful creation as our home. Now, have you ever thought about this? Is like, now we don't really know too much, like up close, what the other planets in our solar system look like. We know from the outside, you know, they, we, we've had probes go by and stuff like that. But there, there's been one that that like we seem to have more fascination with than, than others, and and we've land landed, you know, some rovers on it's it's Mars. And have you noticed how unbeautiful Mars is? If that was the earth, that would stink. Now, why is it that Mars is so, like, plain and desolate and blah? Because no one lives there. But God gives us this earth, and, and like, how, would it make any sense for, like, the earth to look, look like Mars and, and for Mars to look like the earth? That's not how God did it. God made this earth with its beauty for you and I. God's creation declares, you know, his, his magnificence, and he gave it for you and I. So when we observe and, and interact with the beauty of this world in which he, he gave us, he made the earth exceedingly beautiful and, and, and beautiful in a way different than any else in all creation. Why? Because it's ours. And it's for our enjoyment. But most importantly, God's given us something to talk about when it comes to his son. Because God gave us this amazing world, unlike anything else in, in our solar system and probably the entire universe, God gave it to us. But we kind of ruined it. Uh, we, we fell into sin, and Scripture said that, that, that while we were still dead in our sin, God sent His Son into this world, that God loved you and I so much that He was willing to give His Son to, to child sacrifice, His own Son, so that through His death we, we would be reconciled with Him. Now, if we understood that, we would all be talking about that. But here's the problem. Far too many of us, even claiming to be Christians, think that you know what, there's just lots of ways in which, you know, you can be saved. I, I've got a neighbor, and man, he's like the best person I've ever known. Yeah, he doesn't go to church. I don't think he really believes, but that, that really doesn't weigh heavy on my heart because man, he's just, he's such a good person. Or we know people of other religions, and we're like, you know what, I, listen, I, I can't explain it, but I kind of think it's like this, that, you know, there's just different avenues and different ways in which you can kind of know God, that God reveals himself. So even though it's a different religion, you know, they're going to be in heaven too. No, just absolutely not. That, that is not Christian. That, 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 that means that you're saved through works, that, 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 that like makes God's sacrifice of his son be in vain. Scripture says that there is no other name under heaven by which we're to be saved. 
If we really understood that, one, we would be so thankful for that gift that we received, and we would want that neighbor who's really good but just doesn't believe. We'd want those other coworkers who believe something else other than what we do. We'd want them to be in heaven. God's given us something to talk about. Why aren't we talking about it? Well, in addition to God giving us something to talk about, I think, you know, it's important that as churches in Christ, that we would give the world something to talk about as well. Yes, it's ultimately about what God's given us to talk about, but you know what? It's so easy for us as churches to always be like what we're against. Like, we're against people acting this way. We're against people behaving this way. We're against all this corruption here. And we we sit up here and we always talk about what we're against. Well, what are you for? So oftentimes, if the church makes it, if people are talking about the church, if the church is on the news or on media, so oftentimes they're always looking at what the church is messing up. The church so oftentimes is like, let's give them something to talk about. Oh, they're talking about like the the pedophile priests. Or they're talking about the the TV evangelists that are just living in their multi-million dollar mansions, getting filthy rich off, off of all the worshipers and all the people sending in like donations with their special prayer requests and so forth. I don't know if you, if you heard the story, but like a month ago, it was like three or four weeks ago that it came out, and then it kind of reappeared when the pastor apologized. But did you hear the story about the pastor in Missouri that was berating his, uh, his church because they didn't get him a nice enough watch? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm getting watches. <laughs> he really was, and, and this somehow got out on the media. And it got picked up on, and then the pastor had to give an apology because, like, his words were taken out of context. But, but this, is, this, this is what the church gets noticed for, that we give them something to talk about, but so oftentimes we're giving them stuff that... Man, it just doesn't make us look good. Now, I think part of that's the media. They just like to pick up on things that are negative about the church and kind of promote that. But as followers of Christ, we need to be given positive things uh, for people to talk about. So as we conclude the series this morning, I, I wanted to give us something that we could celebrate as a church uh, to, to give the, you know, the community something to talk about. So... I thought, you know what, it'd be really cool. We live across the street from uh, uh, where we live. The church is, I live here. (laughs) Uh, Across the street from where uh, the Fort Worth Police Department North Division is. And you know what? This is a tough day and age to be a cop. Um, You know, everything that they do, someone's pulling out their phone. Can you imagine, like, your job, everything that you, you got a coworker, or you got someone just sitting there videotaping? I mean... They always have a phone, you know, being recorded what's in their, you know, whatever's going on, a phone in their face. Um, they're always, like, getting the raw end of the deal. People are always assuming that they're wrong and that they're in the bad. And, you know, people are mouthing off. People are angry. It just is an ungrateful job. And so I thought, you know what, as, as we wrap up this message series, is, is I, I, you know, I want Light of the World to be known for something that, that we, we do do and, and, and that we're bringing good into the community. I thought, you know, it'd be really cool. It'd be really cool if we like got everyone over there like a $50 gift card um, for like Chick-fil-A. That way if they're going on their morning 
patrol, they can stop and, and, and have breakfast. If they're on their afternoon patrol, they can stop and get a, a few meals on Light of the World for lunch, and, and the same for dinner. So went to Chick-fil-A last week. Actually, I called them up, and I'm like, I need 115 uh, $50 gift cards. And, and they were a little skeptical that, you know, something was going on, and they asked me a bunch of questions. I'm like, we're at church, and we're just trying to do something nice for the police officers across the street. They're like, oh, okay, that's, that's nice. Come on up here. And so I went up there, and, and, um, and they're like, so what, what church? What church is this? And I told them, they're like, oh, yeah, I lie the world. And then all of a sudden, like, they're all kind of talking about it amongst themselves. I mean, they're, they're literally thankful, thanking me for what we're doing, you know, supporting and honoring the police department. And not only is there a little buzz, because I went between the breakfast and, and the lunch hour, um, not only was there a little buzz amongst them, but they had some of their regulars that just kind of hang out at the tables, you know, drinking their coffee or whatever, uh, close to, to the counter and stuff like that. And, and I hear them asking, like, what's he doing? What's going on? And they're telling them, and, and they're talking about it. And, 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 and listen, I mean, we gave those employees something to talk about. Not some, someone doesn't walk in every day and get $115, $50 gift cards. And maybe they went home and told their, you know, their spouses about it. Or, or maybe the branch manager, owner, you know, said something corporate. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but then, you know, uh, this past Wednesday, Joe and I went across the street and we presented um, those gift cards to kind of the senior staff over there at the uh, police department. And I think we got a picture of that. I mean, I just got to give a shout out to the, to the commander who's to the right of me. I, I tell you what, I, I couldn't stop staring at this man's teeth. They were perfect. I mean, and they were as white as I've ever, as, and listen, I white my teeth. I, I mean, that guy's teeth were as white as snow. So, he, I mean, he had perfect teeth and they were like, like white as snow. But anyways, that, that is just a distraction at the, at the moment, right? But they were so incredibly appreciative, all of them were. It's like, they're like, wow, we can't really believe that you guys are doing this. And we gave them something to talk about. And hopefully at roll call, when they're handing out to the different patrolmen, um, they, you know, that they, they appreciated it. I'm sure that they did. Who knows? Maybe, maybe they talked to some of their officer buddies in South Division, and they're like, man, that's not fair. You know, no church hasn't done that for us. And, and, but the point is this is, you know, it, let, let's give them something to talk about. And, and not just bad stuff. Because that's what people always want to jump on is when the church messes up or the pastor messes up or this, this, that. So, you know what? I, I want to encourage you guys. Let's kind of go back to the social media thing. You know, we're, we're here in North Fort Worth, and, and, you know, there's always stories out there like the Missouri pastor who, you know, is putting his foot in his mouth and saying things that he shouldn't be saying and so forth. You know what? Let's us give him something to talk about. You know, Joe, we didn't do a post about what we did on Wednesday because we didn't want to ruin the surprise, but during early service, Joe put a post out there saying, you know, this is what Light of the World did to bless the, you know, hardworking men and women of the Fort Worth Police Department across the street who keep us safe in our homes, keep us safe in our businesses, keep us safe on the roads. How about you? guys get behind that and show what your church and the church should be doing in its community, and you just kind of share the post. Man, I just want to give a shout out to my church. I'm part of the light of the world, and this is what they do. Listen, God's given us something to talk about, and that's really all it should be. That is, you know, He's given us our life. He gives us creation, but most of all, He gives us His Son, but He also gives us ministry, and He gives us, He calls us to be a light to the world around us, and that's something we should be talking about as well. So I encourage you guys to share that this afternoon on your social media. But you know what? More than just every so often the church doing something, you know, big like that to bless a, a group of people, you know, there's things that we're doing every day 
that honestly I think more people should be talking about. And I want to share three of those things with you uh, for the remainder of our time this morning because uh, what we're doing here at Light of the World is, is, is somewhat unique. And the first is this is, uh, you know what, if you come to Light of the World, you find out that what we're about is we're about teaching truth. And we don't sugarcoat it. And I have to be honest with you. If I'm to think about the, la like the last eight messages I gave, uh, probably in about half those Sundays, someone in one of the services got up about five minutes into my message and, and, and walked out. It's not necessarily great for church growth, I mean, mind you. And, and, and it's not like I'm saying things that aren't true. I'm just like sharing the truth, but people don't want to hear the truth. But the truth is important to God. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but if we're going to love, let us love in actions and in truth. Ephesians 6.14 says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. What's cool about that is Paul, when he's talking about truth, it, it, it's, it's, the, it's the belt of truth. Belt, the belt's a, kind of the centerpiece of, of what it is, you know, the armor that you're wearing. The belt is the thing that kind of holds it all together, and that is truth. Because in fact, God is truth. Look at John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, he says, I am the way. He says, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is what we need to understand. If we took this passage seriously, then we wouldn't be ashamed. We would be sharing the message because God's given us something to talk about. That is, we have life through Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, I am the truth because the fullness of the deity of God is found in the human form of Jesus. God himself is truth. Now, here's the thing about truth is, is it's hard to know what truth is these days. Truth is a, a rarity. Um, Trump was the one that coined the phrase fake news, and regardless of whether or not you like him or not, that, that's not the point. But th th there's mistruth that's going on around us all the time. You know, people can do what's called these deep fakes, and you can literally be watching, uh, you know, a video of someone speaking. It looks like them. It sounds like them. They're moving like them. They're acting like them, but it's not them. And you would have no idea it wasn't them. You know, for the people on, on the right, people especially on the far right, everything's a conspiracy theory. They don't believe anything as truth. And, and then you got the people on the left, the people on the left in, in the media, you know, they distort reality all the time and, and they distort truth. You know, in our own politicians, the people that we elect, the people that we look up to, they do this all the time and we don't even realize it. So it got a lot of attention, but two or three weeks ago, a bill was passed and it was called the, the Inflation Reduction Bill. And when you name a bill the Inflation Reduction Bill, it sounds like it's a bill to reduce inflation. Everyone admits, both on the right and the left, it has nothing to do with re reducing inflation. They just named it that so that it would pass. That's truth. No one's really arguing that. But that is the world in which we live. Everyone 
distorts truth. No one knows what truth is. And you know what? Even the church, even religion, even Christianity has become a great distorter of truth. You know, God warned the people of Israel when they entered the promised land not to intermix with the, the, the other peoples and the other religions because it's inevitable. It, it, if you take this group of people with this set of values and beliefs and you combine them with another group of people with a different set of beliefs, that you're not going to be able to hold on to, to yours. They're going to intermix. And so what's gone on here in America, and it's really kind of gone on uh, across most of the world, is you don't just have like one religion intermixing with another religion. They've all intermixed mixed together. And not only have religions intermixed together, but, but culture has intermixed together so that even when we look at how churches operate and run, they're, they're not really uniquely Christian and they're not biblical. Think about how most churches decide what they're going to do or not do, what they're going to believe and not believe. You know how they decide it? A voters' assembly. The United Methodist Church right now, you know, that's how they're deciding who's going to stay with this or who's going to go with that. And, 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 and it's just, it's a vote. Now, where, where do you ever see in the Bible, like, a democratic vote determining what a church does or doesn't do, what it accepts and what it doesn't accept? You don't. Where does it come from? It comes from Western democracy. And this is where, like, the church becomes influenced by culture. Some uh, church is like, oh, we're not about that. We're going to have an executive board. And that's kind of how we do it here. Now, where do you see that in the Bible? Well, you don't. Where does it come from? It comes from business. It's how business is run. And, and so churches will imitate business. You, you see in, like, the most successful churches, you know, they, they have this ability to brand the name of the church where, you know, everyone knows that name and there's a, there's a logo that identifies to that name. People recognize, you know, that name's mentioned more at that church than the name of Jesus, right? Where does that come from? It, well, it comes from marketing. You have in the church these celebrity pastors. Where does the Bible ever have, like, celebrity pastors? It doesn't. It comes from our desire to just want to be connected to famous people and, and, and have pastors that are like rock stars. Now, I haven't even talked about teaching. I'm just talking, like, administratively, how we structure church has been so... Uh, confused with culture and, and how other religions do things, and, and it's really not how the Bible speaks of it. Let's talk about the teachings. My brother runs a uh, hotel and restaurant on an Episcopalian uh, college campus in another state, and he shared with me that they had their first gay wedding at, that, uh, at his hotel. And he said, he said, I couldn't believe it was an Episcopalian priest marrying this other guy. I'm like, Mike, they've been doing that for a while. But that's where culture, you know, intermixes with religion. That's why the United Methodist Church is separating right now is because there's a group of people that say, no, we need to be following the Bible. Thank you very much. You guys are allowed to leave because we as the United Methodist Church, that's not the direction that they want to go. I talked on my podcast this week about liberal Christianity isn't Christianity at all. 
I've talked about how the prosperity gospel, that God wants us healthy, wealthy, rich, and that you never have sickness, you never have difficulty, that, that, that's no gospel at all. In fact, it's a false gospel. It's an evil gospel. We, it, it, there's like all these false prophets nowadays in, in today's world. There's, there's prophetic dance, there's prophetic pain, there's prophetic this and that. It's like no one reads the Bible anymore. They just kind of think that God's going to like speak it to them, and they've got a word of the Lord. And, and, and I'm not saying that God doesn't speak. I think he does speak on occasion on time, but we know he's spoken through his word, but there's some people who think he speaks once a day and twice on Sundays. This is all going on in the church. But in the church, this is the biggest issue, is, is the, the church refuses to speak the truth because it's not a good business decision when you speak the truth. I mentioned to you that, that it seems like more Sundays than not now people, there'll be a visitor or two, they'll get up and walk out during one of the three services. You can't grow a really large church if you're going to speak the truth. Why? Because the truth is going to offend people. And churches are not willing to offend people because they're trying to get butts in seats. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 to 8. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of an offense. Now, what's he speaking about? Well, Jesus is, is that, that cornerstone. But that cornerstone by which the church is built has become a stumbling stone. In fact, he's offensive. That the scripture says that Jesus himself is offensive. Now, the Jesus that everyone preaches and teaches in church isn't offensive. Why? Because we give the sugar-coated 10% version of who Jesus is. But if you were to give people a fullness of who Jesus is and the words that he said, he was quite offensive. See, you can't not offend people with truth unless you're willing to change the truth so that you don't offend them. Let me say that again. You, you cannot not offend people with truth unless you're willing to change the truth so that you don't offend them. Look at John 15, 18 to 20. Jesus says this. He says, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. Listen, the world's gonna hate us. Because the message is offensive. Jesus' message was offensive. That's why the world hated him. If it was this, oh, feel good, whatever, it wouldn't have hated him. He said, if you belong to the world, it, it would love you as its own. And, and so when we change the truth, when, when churches uh, avoid the truth and, and like are rocking and rolling, it's because the world's just going to love them. They, they've removed the offense. As it is, you don't belong to the world, Jesus says, but I have chosen you out of, the, out of the world, and that is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant isn't greater than his master, and if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. But if they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. You see, the truth is offensive. God's word is offensive. But this is where some, some pastors in some churches get it mixed up. God's word is offensive, but we're not called to be offensive. So that, you know, even though, like, 
on an every, you know, maybe every other Sunday I have someone get up and walk out. I'm trying my best not to be offensive. I mean, I'm, I'm quoting the Bible, which will offend, but how I say it, I usually take great care because we're not called to look down. We're not called to wag our finger at. We're not called to be dismissive of and, and to be ignorant and, and full of ourselves and all these other things. The, the gospel will offend. God's word will offend, but we're not called to offend. Ephesians 4.15 says this, instead speak the truth in love. Listen, we're called to speak the truth. Let the gospel offend. Don't let your personality offend. Don't let how you say it offend. Let how God says it offend because you are called to speak truth. But do it because you, you love them. Do it because you care for them. Let me ask you, what good is it to go to a doctor that's going to tell you what it is you want to hear? Let's say you go in the doctor with some serious symptoms and something going on. Do you want the doctor to tell you what you want to hear, or do you want him to tell you the truth? It doesn't do a whole lot of good to go to a doctor that's just going to tell you what you want to hear. It doesn't do a whole lot of good to go to an attorney that's going to tell you what you want to hear. You shouldn't want to go to an attorney that's going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to win this case, no problem. It could be $17,559. Especially if he doesn't think he's going to win it. What you want to hear from that attorney is like, man, you, you don't stand a really good chance. You, you probably only have about a 10% chance of, of, of winning this. So if I was you, I, I think twice before you invest that kind of money. That should be what you want to hear, the truth. And so why would we want to go to a church that doesn't speak the truth? And the answer is, we shouldn't. So if we're going to talk about, hey, let's give them something to talk about, well, we're giving them something to talk about here at Light of the World, so let's start talking. First of all, let's talk about what God's given us to talk about, you know, our life and creation and salvation in Jesus Christ. But you know what? Let's, let's talk about this, too, that it's a rarity nowadays for a church that's willing to speak the truth, a church that's willing to forsake being able to grow much greater, but because, you know, you choose not to speak the truth. The second thing that's, I think, kind of unique about our ministry here at Light of the World, and in fact, I put all these three things on our sign this morning, is, is, is that we care more about people than, than we do about money. Now, I preached on this, um, I preached on this a, uh, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, and I told you the story last week as part of my story that I was at a grocery store uh, two weeks after I preached this message, and there was a kid talking to his friend about just starting to go to this church to live the world, and, and that it's not like all the other churches that, that speak about money, preach about money, and both of them were going back and forth about, yeah, like this pastor, I mean, they're like naming all these pastors that all they do is talk about money. John Elvis um, a, couple, a few months back, he went to a, a very large church just like three or four miles from here, and uh, he, as he always kind of can kind of get his way into like an inner circle type thing, and, and so he kind of gets into this thing where the pastor's holding this uh, more private conversation with like 20 other pastors and stuff like that, and, and, and the whole message is like, man, it's, it's about the money. You, you got to have money. If you don't have money, you're not going to be able to do ministry. And so they're actively always trying, you know, they're talking to the congregation all the time about money. They're kissing up to the people who have the money. And, and, and because through that money, then, you know, they're, they're going to pay, they're going to have professional staff everywhere, you know, professional uh, musicians, professional singers, you know, professional this, professional that. They're going to have all the extras and the bells and whistles because it's about money. And if you, have, if you don't have money, you can't do ministry. Listen, I'm looking at the Bible, and I've, I've been, Jesus and his, 
his disciples, they, they didn't have much money. But man, they were able to do some pretty amazing ministry. I look at Paul. Paul didn't have much money. In fact, he's like so intense together just so that he can afford to go around from town to town and walk thousands of miles and tell people about Christ. No one's impacted the church more than what Paul has, and, and, and he didn't have money. Listen, I, 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 I'm not like against like money. I mean, I, I teach the tithe, I live the tithe, and, 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 and we should give our first fruits to God. But if I, if I talk about it in a sermon, I, you guys know, I mean, you'd be known if I'm lying. How often do I talk about that? I mean, I had an opportunity a couple months ago and I didn't even talk about it. I talk about maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. But I want you to go and I want you to ask your friends that go to those really successful non-denominational churches, I want you to ask them how often their pastor talks about money. They're going to talk about money a lot. Why? Because that's what they do. This is why I'm so anti-that, because I've known since I started the ministry that the church has a perception of uh, that all they do is they care about money. So I, I don't have special funds. I, I don't take special offerings. I stopped passing co collection plates long before it was cool, long before COVID. I just didn't do it because I didn't want people to have that view of light of the world that we're one of those churches that we just care about the money. But at least in the most successful churches in Christianity, that's what it's about. So we give them something to talk about. God gives them something to talk about, the gift of his son. We give them something to talk about that, you know what, we're different than other churches. We're going to talk about truth. And we're going to care about you more than money. And then this is kind of my, the newest thing that's been on my heart for a while. And this is also on the sign as well. And it's this, is that a church should care more about um, your growth than about our own. And I have to tell you, amongst your most successful churches, it's not so much that way. They, they kind of care about their growth. And I have to tell you, I mean, I've got a creative mind, and I could come up with a lot of ways in which we could pack these doors. I mean, first of all, like, you know, a lot of bells and whistles. Second of all, I could, you know, hire some people and put them on staff as pastors that are very rich and influential, because you know what? Rich and influential, people have other friends that are rich and influential. You just put a couple of them on, and there you go. And I know a church in the area that's done it that way. It works. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. You know, for me, like, when I started this church 22 years ago, or however long it was, one of the core values that I had in my mind that's always been part of our core values is, is that, it, that, that because of the ministry, it would be a life-changing experience. And so when I look at all the people who've joined Light of the World over the last 22 years, it's always been a large percentage of people who've kind of connected to us after having not been part of a church for many years. They either, like, fell away because they had a bad experience, or, you know, maybe when they went off to college, you know, and they were out of the house, they never went back, but they'll kind of get reconnected and they go from not going to church at all to coming every week to then serving and then, then even like many of them to even maybe giving 10% of what they have to God. And when I see that, when I, to me, that, I mean, it's not that I don't care about growth. It's not like I don't want the church to grow, but it's more important to see that individual growth in people. That's why, like, two years ago, almost, I hired John Elvis, um, and, and, and I hired John because the church was growing rapidly, and I didn't have way to ensure, because the church was already too big, for me to ensure that people could, could really spiritually develop here at Light of the World. So I hired a specific full-time person. His only job is to try to help people to grow in their faith. So he meets with people and talks with people all the time. 
He does a Sunday morning Bible class. He's, I think, up to like 60 or so between uh, the, the two services. Um, he does Wednesday night classes. And, uh, and every other Saturday, like this past Saturday, he does what he calls next level disciple classes where he's trying to help people to grow in their faith. Listen, there's a lot of money put to that full-time position and salary. We could be doing some rock walls. We could be doing a lot of bells and whistles and doing some really cool things aesthetically if we didn't care about like the growth of the congregation. But, but your personal growth is more important than, than the growth of the church itself. So let's give them something to talk about. I think we have. God has given us something to talk about. And, and we've done something cool as a congregation that we should talk about by blessing the police officers across the street. But you know what? We also need to be about, you know what? I'm part of a church that loves people enough to actually be willing to speak the truth. Part of a church that you're not going to hear the pastor talk about money all the time because he cares more about people than he does about money. And then I'm part of a church that cares more about the individual's growth than the growth of the church itself. You know, as we close out this evangelism message series, I want to share one final thing with you, and that is to remind all of you that, in fact, you are the light of the world. We're not, even though that's our name, we're not light of the world. You are light of the world. Look at Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Jesus says this. He says, you are the light of the world. He's speaking to individuals. He's not speaking to a church. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives it its light to everyone in the house. In the same way, you're to be the light for others to see that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's great that we did this thing for the police officers, and we should do that collectively as a congregation from time to time, and we will continue to be doing it. But what you need to understand is it's not this church that's the light of the world, but you individually are the light of the world, and we come together as light of the world. You know, it's so easy that when we have a neighbor that's in need or we know someone that something very difficult happened in their lives, they're like, let me go talk to my pastor, and hey, pastor, what can the church do for this, this, that? The question is, is what can you do? Now, I know you can't probably, most of us in here don't have the ability to go to Chick-fil-A, buy $115, $50 gift cards for 5800 bucks or whatever it was, and be able to bless the entire North Division, Fort Worth Police Department. I know you don't have the ability to do that, most of us. But most of us have the ability that if we've got a neighbor who has been diagnosed with cancer and is going to be going out of town for treatment, we can go to Chick-fil-A and buy $300 worth of gift cards. So as they're trying to feed themselves, being away from home and out of town, they're able to do it. Or you have a coworker, or you know, someone that's in need, a single mom who's having trouble making ends meet because inflation and everything's going, going up so much. You have the ability to maybe get them a Kroger gift card. Pastor Dave, once or twice a week, goes down to, um, to downtown Fort Worth, and he ministers to the homeless, not as part of any church, but as a light to the, to the world around him. We have the ability to do that all ourselves, and we need to do that stuff ourselves. It gives gives the world something else to talk about rather than the things that the church normally gives the world to talk about. Let's intentionally not be ashamed of the gospel. Let's intentionally share that message 
to the community around us. Do it in person. Do it in, in your homes because we have people in our homes that don't believe. Do it at work. Do it on social media. Do it on Google. Do it on Facebook. And do it to the ends of the earth. Share Jesus because there's no other name under heaven by which people will be saved. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Gracious Almighty God, we just thank and praise you for this morning to be able to close out this message series on being not ashamed. And I just pray, gracious God, that uh, we wouldn't be ashamed of your gospel. We thank you that you have, in fact, given us so much to talk about, that we would share your story, that we would share how your story interacts with our own story. Um, We pray, gracious God, that um, you would just give us eyes to see and, and mouths that are willing to speak to the people in our lives that that don't know you we pray gracious god that we would be that light to the world around us that individually even as a church we would do good deeds give other people things to talk about so that through our good deeds um, glory might not come to us as individuals or us as a church but to you in jesus name we pray Amen.